And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. In week one, Ryan talked about how in order for us to get past our past, how many of you want to get past your past? How many of you, I, I know for me, I, it, it, it haunts me, right? It, it's this constant thought of, I thought I put that to bed. I thought I put that to rest. And all of a sudden it comes, you know, back and it comes back with a vengeance, right? Well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to get rid of the negative labels, those things that we uh, have called ourselves or have been said about us, those labels that are put onto our life, you are this, you are that. We've got to get rid of those negative labels that the world and even ourselves that we put on us. Week two was about forgiving ourselves. That sometimes it's easy to understand that, you know, God can, you know, forgive us, but it's hard sometimes to forgive ourselves. That we put in our minds over and over the things that we did wrong. Week three, last week, man, last week, he talked about how we should go and ask for forgiveness. This week, we're going to talk about something that I talked about a couple months ago back at the end of 2020 about forgiveness. And this week, we are going to talk about forgiving those that hurt you. And it goes really hand in hand with what Ryan said last week, because we want the apology from other people, but it's really hard sometimes to give the apology to those that we've hurt. So what do we do when we ourselves are the ones that have been hurt and how do we forgive those that have hurt us? Before we get into today's message, I do want to give you a couple quick announcements about the renovation. And it already started a little bit earlier this week. They started working on uh, Kid Venture. We are super excited to see what's going on in there and just getting more space and getting that area ready for our kiddos and for our youth. Um, but if you want a detailed kind of outline of what we're doing with the renovation, I just encourage you to go to our website, which is evangelag.org. And we'll be posting it this week on our Facebook page and things like that you can kind of see the the outline of our renovation but starting next Sunday which I heard from the video announcements is Mother's Day starting next Sunday for the next four weeks we are going to have church downstairs in the cafe so you might be easier for you guys to park along this side and ar around the back um, but we are going to have what we decided to call brunch church and so we have a free brunch downstairs from 9 30 to 10 15 and then our service starts at 10 30 a.m. for those of you that watch online we are still going to have a service online at 10 30 there will be no worship for our online service there will be worship downstairs because we won't be live streaming downstairs but there will be a sermon on our online uh, community for our online community so I just encourage you guys we will have nursery and we will have kids ministry available so all of that's going on but we will be downstairs in the cafe for a couple weeks while we get the um, auditorium redone 
Now grab your Bibles and grab your smartphones. We are going to jump into the Word of God today. We've got a lot of passages of Scripture to cover, so I encourage you guys to follow along on the screens or follow along in your Bibles. But let's say this prayer together. This is our prayer that we say before we start into the the sermon. So say it loud, say it out loud. Here we go. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. So when Ryan told me that this was the sermon series that we were doing, and he kind of gave me the... uh, topic that I'd be talking about today, I told him, I was like, well, I already talked about that and I don't want to talk about forgiveness anymore because um, I just don't want to. Because here's what happens. I don't know if you've ever stood up and like spoken or done a Sunday school or anything like that, but whatever topic that you're getting ready to talk about, God has a way of testing you in that area to make sure that when you're sharing it, it's done out of a pure heart. And so I told him, I was like, I don't want to talk about forgiveness, because I know what happens. Listen, we prepare ourselves every time we talk about marriage. We have a wonderful marriage. We have a great marriage until the sermon series on marriage. And then we have a tendency to fight that entire month. And so I, I told him, I was like, I don't want to talk about forgiveness this time. And he said, no, you're going to. And so this is what happened. You want to hear my story on forgiveness? Three weeks ago, I've been working out at this gym, and so I've been working at, the, at this gym, and the, the, tr- the teacher of the class tells you what weight you're supposed to pick up, and I hate weights. Like, I would, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't like weights. And so he says in this class, and there's like different teachers in the class, and he goes, so 20 to 25 pounds is where you need to start. So I pick up a 25 pound, and I'm like, that, um, that's not happening. And so I go to him and I'm like, where's the 20 pound weight? And he said, well, 20 pounds is where I said for you to start. And I said, I know. That's where I'm starting. Where's 20 pound weight? He's like, no, you're fine. You're stronger than you think you are. Use 25 pound. I got so offended and I got so mad. Do you know that when I left the gym, I went into my car and marked him off of my schedule for the rest of the month? I was like, I'm not going back to see him. He is not a good trainer. No, I'm going to see the nice lady that is super sweet to me and says, Andrea, you're doing so good. Like, that's what I wanted. I didn't want the guy that was like, you're fine. You can pick up a 25-pound weight. You know, every time I picked it up, I would get so mad at him that I would just drop it. I would get done with the exercise and I'd just throw it down. Like, I had the worst highly offended attitude And then, of course, this week, as I was going through my message, I was like, oh, Lord, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about how I got offended at somebody for pushing me, here we go, to be stronger. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever got offended, teenagers, at a parent who has pushed you to be stronger? Have you ever got offended at a, at a boss that has pushed you to be stronger, to be better? Have you ever gotten offended at a spouse or at a pastor or at a Sunday school teacher that is pushing you to be better? All right, that's not what we're talking about here because um, that's offense. And in the last days, it says that many will be offended. This is f- for real hurt. This isn't just church hurt. This is pain. 
the pain that you feel when someone has done you wrong. It could be an outright betrayal. Maybe you've been betrayed. That a trusted relationship that you had was broken. Maybe it's been an, a misunderstanding to the point that it came against your character and who you are. The pain that happened, the, the hurt that happened, it changed the way people view you and you didn't do anything wrong. How do we as believers move past that hurt? How do we move past that wound? How do we move past that pain? How do we keep from dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness? This is a prayer that I prayed for you guys this week. It's in Luke 18, verse 27. What is impossible with men is possible with God. You may feel this morning that where you are, it is impossible for you to forgive, and it is. But here's the thing, what's impossible with you and what's impossible to happen through me is possible with God. What a great, great testimony that we have in the word of God. I heard about this wife one Sunday morning. She went into her bedroom and said, honey, wake up. It's time to go to church. He kind of groaned and rolled over and said, no, I'm not going to church today. And she said, what do you mean you're not going? Why not? And he said, I'll give you two reasons. Number one, I don't like those people. And number two, they don't like me. She said, well, that's no excuse. I'll give you two better reasons why you should go. Number one, you're 45 years old. And number two, you're the pastor. That is not a true story. There's two things we're going to look at today with forgiveness. We're going to look at why we need to forgive and how we need to forgive. Very practical things that are in scripture. And I'm going to give you a, a, a verse of scripture, a, a parable that Jesus tells us in just a minute. But the first thing we need to do is the why of why we forgive is because unforgiveness hurts us. We have to know that. We have to come to grips with the fact that if we walk around with unforgiveness, the only person we're hurting is us. Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other so that, no, that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Here's what happens when we allow unforgiveness to stay. It becomes a root of bitterness. And what that root of bitterness does, it troubles us. It makes us very uncomfortable. Listen, friends, it makes us very critical. It makes us very critical. If you hear critical words coming out of your mouth and if you don't recognize it, ask your kids or your spouse and they'll tell you the truth. If we hear critical words coming out of our mouth, it's a good sign that there is a root of bitterness that is deep inside of us. Remember what we talked about earlier about the sweet, precious conviction of the Holy Spirit? We as believers, for whatever reason, sometimes run from that. We want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
We want the manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we run from his conviction. Ooh, that was not in my notes. We run from his sweet conviction that tells us when we're getting it wrong. That tells us when we're being bitter and critical and we have unforgiveness in our heart. Friends, if we want the gifts and if we want the fruit, then we have to be able and willing to receive the sweet conviction. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Look what it says next, corrupting many. And we've seen it happen. Unforgiveness wants a crowd. Unforgiveness, that root of bitterness, wants a crowd. It wants a crowd to come alongside, to feel the hurt and the offense that we feel. Friend, we know that we have bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart if we try to recruit people to feel bad for us. If we want to get past our past, we have to understand that forgiveness, unforgiveness hurts us and hurts others. A poisonous root that holds us hostage. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 says that love keeps no record of being wronged. Okay. This is, this is hard. This is not easy. This is not one of those feel-good messages. Listen, you'll feel good at the end if you get rid of the bitterness. That I can promise you. But walking through it doesn't feel good. Walking through and admitting that you have this inside of you, that doesn't feel good. Because our flesh, our flesh wants to hold on to it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally off our notes right now. Our flesh wants to hold on to it, wants to hold on to the feeling of being wronged. It feels good for a while, but then it becomes poisonous and it becomes a root that only the hand of God can pull up out of our hearts. True love, real love, God's love keeps no record of being wronged. But bitterness, it keeps it detailed. Have you ever seen somebody that's hurt you? And you have a list, a detailed list, categorized, it's color-coded, of everything they've done to you. Friend, that's bitterness. The reason why we have to get rid of unforgiveness is because it hurts us. The second reason why we need to get rid of unforgiveness is because we need forgiveness. Matthew 6 verse 14 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This verse of scripture countless times 
after my, you know, being in the ministry full time for over 20 years and, and being in the church because my father was the pastor since I was born, since I was a week old, I've been in the church. This verse of scripture has helped me more than any of the why I have to forgive. Because friends, I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness. And I'm naive enough or simple enough, maybe that's a better way to say it, to believe he means it. To believe that this word that's written in red that Jesus said, he means it. That if I'm going to get forgiveness, then I have to forgive others. I believe it. And I want to be washed clean for the things that I do wrong. The ways that I sin against my kids and against my husband, against my friends, I, against myself. I want the forgiveness of the Lord, God the Father, to forgive me of my sins. And in order for him to do that, I have to walk in forgiveness myself. This is a large portion of scripture that we're getting ready to read because I want to read the passage of scripture that Jesus gives as an amazing example, as a parable of why we should forgive. He, he, he speaks this out and it's, it's so real and it's so easy to understand. Listen, the Bible is not difficult to understand. It's actually really easy to understand. Get the New Living Translation. If you're trying to understand the King James Version, then that might be one of the reasons why you don't understand it because we don't speak that way anymore. But the Word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit, it will tell you something. I promise you that. And in Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to read out of the New American Standard Version here. Matthew chapter 18 says this, Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Here, I love Peter. Seven to seven? Seven's the complete number, right? So that sounds good. Seven? He's trying to give Jesus an option. And I love how Jesus takes that option to a whole nother level. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's a lot. That's per day. For this reason, verse 23, the kingdom of heaven may be, care, may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Some theologians believe this is millions of dollars in today's economy. But since, verse 25, he, the slave, did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and his children and all he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground, prostrate before him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. What a great picture, right? That we have a debt that we owe to the Lord. And when we come before him and say, I know I owe you this, Lord, for all of my sins, 
the king, the father, has compassion and says, you're forgiven. But listen to what this slave did. But the slave went out, verse 28, and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, about a day's wage. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe me. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. Verse 31. So when his fellow slaves saw what happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that happened. Then summoning him, the Lord said, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way? Underline that. And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay what he owed him. Verse 35, my heavenly father will do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. What a powerful story that our Savior shares with us. We have been forgiven much. We are not allowed. We are not permitted to hold an offense against someone else who owes us so little when we have owed him so much. Friend, it's a heart. It's a heart issue. It's, it's a heart toward others. The father, the king represents God. God the father. God the father had compassion for us that he sent his son to die for our sins. In the same way, Jesus is saying, we have to have compassion for others. And, th and that's lacking right now. Don't you sense it? Don't you feel it? Scripture says that in the last days, many will be offended. Shouldn't we be different from what we're seeing in this world? Oh, shouldn't we be like Jesus? Shouldn't we be like the Father, giving compassion, giving forgiveness? That is why we should forgive. And I would think to say, you guys have heard that before. You've probably heard that why before. Because, you know, it's that whole thing of, if, you know, if unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die. We know what unforgiveness does to us physically. What it does to us mentally. What it does literally to our bodies the stress that it puts us under, the stress that it, it puts in our relationships. We know this, so why? Why do we still hold on to the unforgiveness? Because it's hard. 
It's doing the hard thing. It, it's, not, it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. But it's not. It's the hard thing to surrender your flesh and your wants and your desires to the Lord. But I can tell you this, it's the freeing thing. Oh, it's the better thing. It's the good thing. It's a hard thing to take that step, I promise you. But I guarantee on the other side of that step, the freedom that you feel, you'll never want to go back. You'll never want to go back to the bondage of the bitterness. You'll never want to go back to the bondage of the unforgiveness. It's bondage. How do we do this? The first thing that we do, you ready? This one works, I promise you. You pray for those who have hurt you. You pray for those that have hurt you. Uh, let me clarify. You don't pray that they're going to have a miserable life. You don't pray that they feel the exact. Uh, Lord, I pray that you bring somebody by to make them feel and do to them what they've done. So they understand what they've done to me. Lord, bring somebody by their path. No, friend. No. We pray like Jesus prayed. I don't know if you've, you understand. For the last seven months that we, how long have we been here? Six, seven months. We, we try to point you to Jesus. How he did it is the right way. And this is what he prayed. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. In the middle of the physical abuse, Think about it, friend. Jesus was mentally and physically abused for no reason. He was blameless. And in the middle of the abuse, he looked at the people and said, Father, forgive them. That's how we pray. For those that have hurt us. That's what we do. Matthew 5 verse 43 says, You have heard the law says, Love your neighbor and hate your en enemy. But I say, this is Jesus, Love your neighbor and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them. This was hard for me starting back 20 years ago in ministry. When, when Ryan and I stepped into ministry, it was a very traumatic experience. And, and, and it's hard to, to hear people say things about your dad. Like, I know my dad. Like, a, you know, I was a teenager in my dad's house, and, and I didn't like him then. But I do remember this. There were moments that I was like, I don't like him. I don't like him. And I, I was 16 years old. And I'll never forget this. I was in my room, and I was like, I just don't like my dad. Like, he has a bunch of rules that I don't want to follow. I don't like my dad. And I heard the Lord say, pray. This is at 16 years old. Pray that you'll love your dad. Teenagers, pray that you'll love your parents, even if they give you rules that you don't like. They're all looking down at their phones really intense on what I'm sharing. <laughs> They're typing it all out. They, listen, they hear me every Wednesday night. I had one of them ask me the other day, Miss Andrea, are you going to be our youth pastor? And I said, no, no, I'm not because I'm too tired for this. <laughs> y'all, you're teenagers wearing me out. 
Like, get on, everybody get on your knees. And we praying in a youth pastor. <laughs> because at around 8.15, I'm like, y'all need to go home. We ended at 8. Y'all need to leave. Because I'd like to be asleep at 8.30. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who have hurt you. A few months ago, I was speaking with a friend of mine, and, and she was struggling with something. She had a, a, a hurt in her life. And I told her, I said, are you praying for them? And she's like, no. And I said, you need to. You need to pray for them. And I promise you, your heart towards them will change. Friends, in less than a month, she came to me and said, I have such compassion for them. I have such compassion for this person. I want them to be free. I want them to experience the freedom of God. And I said, you've been praying for them. I promise you, praying for those that have hurt you will help you to walk in forgiveness. Because forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a decision. It's not a feeling. You're never going to feel like forgiving them. You have to decide. To, you have to make the choice to forgive them. The second thing, and this is the last thing, is that you have to f completely forgive them. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 14. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Friend, forgiveness. And we're going to go to the, this next, we're going to go to this next verse. But in order for you to completely forgive someone, you have to clothe yourselves in these characteristics, mercy, kindness, big one, humility, gentleness, and patience. In order for us to forgive someone who has truly hurt us, who has wronged us, we have to humble ourselves. It's a hard one. But there's freedom on the other side. The New American Standard, oh, verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Make allowances. Make it a complete forgiveness. The New American Standard says, just as the Lord forgave you, forgive one another. That word in there means complete. Holding back nothing. Completely forgive. Well, I'll forgive you of these things, but this one right here, I'm not forgiving you for. No, no, no. Jesus forgave us of everything. God the Father forgave us of everything. And that is our model. We forgive of everything. Lewis Smead said this, you will know that forgiveness has begun when you recall those who hurt you and feel the power to wish them well. That's how you know you've forgiven them. Listen, you don't have to go and sit and have lunch with them unless the Lord's telling you to. 
Just because you forgive them doesn't mean there's a complete restoration of the relationship. And that's okay. But what it does mean is that you wish them well. God wants the restoration of the relationship. He wants that. Right? Ryan talked about the verse, if at all possible, live at peace among yourself. Live if at all possible. Sometimes it's not possible. But feel and understand and know that if you have completely forgiven that person, you wish them well. If the team wouldn't mind coming on up this morning. You know, I, I've got two stories to share here at the end and about forgiveness. Because one ended in a reconciliation of relationship and one did not. But both were moments of forgiveness. In uh, 2019, Ryan's mother, in December of 2019, passed away. Ryan had had a, a difficult relationship with his mother his entire life. She was a drug addict, in and out of rehabs, and in and out of prison. He was shipped around to different family members' houses. They raised him. He was over with one aunt and uncle and then came back and then went over to another aunt, aunt and uncle. They would get out, his mom and dad both would get out of rehab and he'd come back. And, and I remember his, uh, our second Mother's Day married. We had been married for about 15 months. And I was up on the worship team and I saw him sitting down and I saw he was struggling. It was Mother's Day and I was like, well, the sermon was it was encouraging it was uplifting and so I was singing but I could just see it on his face he was just struggling and we got into the car and he shut the door and we were still in the parking lot and I I put my arm on him and I'm like babe are you, are you okay and for my husband to cry especially in our first five years of marriage there was very few times that he actually shed a tear in fact I can probably count them on one hand and this was one of those times. And he asked me, he said, Andrea, what was it like? What was it like to have a mom that made breakfast for you? What was it like to have a mom that was there and present? Friends, I got to tell you, it broke me. And in that moment, I began to pray for my husband in a way that I hadn't prayed before. See, I knew his past and I knew his pain, but I hadn't seen it in such a real tangible way to think, I had a mom that woke up and made breakfast for me. I had a mom that was there for me, that was at my high school graduation. Ryan had a mom that would never call him even on his birthday.
And in that moment, we decided, listen, I am a, Ryan and I are believers in Christian counseling. I was like, there's some things that we got to talk through and I, I'll be there for you. But can I be honest? When I heard that, something rose up inside of me. And I mean, I was like, how dare she? How dare she hurt the man that I love? had to get to the point where I began to pray for her the brokenness of her addiction the brokenness of her life the choices that she had made had brought her to this point and here's what the Lord said to me she's missed her children's lives she's missed it and the compassion that I had for her was completely different than the one that hurt my husband instead it was for a woman that had lost In 2019, when she passed away, there was reconciliation. Listen, she still didn't remember his birthday. She would only call, and sometimes she would be high. We did the best we could to have as much relationship with her as possible. But in the moment when she passed away, I could honestly tell you that my love and compassion for her was so real because I had prayed for her for so long. 21 years I have prayed I prayed for this woman. She accepted Christ. In her last days, she she was very very ill from the amount of drugs and alcohol that she had in her body. She was in a facility that we could not go see her at, but she was saved four days before she passed she called Ryan Ryan was walking into Journey's volleyball game and very rarely would he answer the phone not much can take him away listen not much can take him away from his children because of the past that he had he is fully present for his kids but he looked down and he saw that it was his mom's number and so I sat down, I was talking to my girlfriend, I was like, man, where's, where's Ryan? Why is he, I didn't know he had taken that call. And he came in and he sat down, I'm like, I could see it on his face, I'm like, are you okay? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, I know, like, you're not fine, but you'll tell me later, so we're good. So we cheer Journey on for her basketball game, for her volleyball game. And um, we got back into the car and he goes, it was my mom. She's been diagnosed and hasn't been given much time to live various illnesses and he said she asked me to forgive her and I was able to tell her mom I already did because we had prayed for her because we had compassion for her Listen, friends, we couldn't have a day-in, day-out relationship with her. We would have, but we couldn't. But what we had instead was a love and a compassion that went beyond a talking every day. They were able to have that moment. And friends, that was on a 
Tuesday and on Friday morning they found her she had passed because of that Ryan was able to preach at his mom's funeral friends it, there wasn't a lot he could say because he really didn't know her I would love to tell you there was this huge restoration and and she got to see her grandchildren and all the it, it didn't happen but he was able to preach at, at her funeral and say that he loved his mom she wasn't a perfect mom and, and if you know anything about my husband he's about as real as he can be and he says she was not a perfect mom but I loved my mom Friends, whatever you have in your heart of unforgiveness, maybe the person has already passed. Ask the Lord to place in your heart a true forgiveness. One that doesn't come from you, but that comes from his Holy Spirit. Second story that I want to share with you this morning is about a woman who was born in the 1950s. Starting at the age of six, she was physically, mentally, emotionally, and sexually abused by her father. She moved out of the house when she was 18 and got married. Years later, she came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the Lord began to move on her heart to forgive her father. In that moment, she realized that she needed to completely and totally forgive her dad. And it took years. One Thanksgiving, right before he died, she moved him and her mother into a home that was near her. She paid for the house, she fed them, she took care of them. And one Thanksgiving, right before he died, he asked if she would come over. He began to cry and told her that he was sorry for what he had done to her as a child. In that moment, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And 10 days later, he passed. That woman is Joyce Meyer. In order for God, and she has, she, I don't know her, but man, do I love listening to her. The forgiveness that she gave to her father was well before the day that he asked for it. And God has used her in the lives of women and men around the world to share the saving knowledge and the Word of God. And it all starts with forgiveness. In order for you to move past the past hurts that you have, you cannot wait for them to say they're sorry. 
I hope that comes for you. I hope it comes for you like it did for Ryan. And I hope it comes for you like it did for, for Joyce Meyer. It may not. But you can't wait for the I'm sorry. You have to forgive today. Today. You have to start praying for them today. You have to allow the root of bitterness to be removed from your life today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, if right now you are convicted, the sweet, precious conviction of the Holy Spirit The voice that's saying, I got you. You can do better. You can forgive. If you hear that voice today, I want to pray with you this morning. And no one's looking around. No one is no one is looking around. It's just between you and God. But if that's you today and you know that you know that you know that there's unforgiveness in your heart, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Oh, friends, all over this room. He is faithful. He is faithful to help you with that. Now, this is what I want you to do. Begin right now to pray for that person. Begin right now. Say, Lord, I acknowledge that I have unforgiveness and bitterness in my heart. And I'm going to pray for this person. Begin lifting that person up before the Lord. Ask the Lord to give you compassion for that person. That you will see them through his eyes, not your own. And now ask the Lord to help you to completely forgive him, forgive her, forgive them. Completely holding nothing back. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your forgiveness. We thank you so much for your blessings on our life. And Lord, we believe that your word is true, that in order for us to be forgiven, we have to forgive others. So we're asking you right now, rip out that root of bitterness. Rip it out right now, Lord. Begin to move on our heart that we will not be critical. We will not be negative. But instead, Lord God, we will begin to feel the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ once again. That we will feel the Spirit of God being able to move in our hearts and move in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the freedom of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. And we thank you that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Friends, I don't know about you, but I want to live a life. I want to live my life 
not full of regrets of the past, but full of the freedom of the Lord today. Can we stand together this morning? Such a, such a solemn moment. Just one moment. One moment before the Lord. Before we have the altar team come forward for prayer. Just one moment. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, how we love you. Friends, it's been a hard couple months for all of us. It's been, a, it's been a rough year, but it's been a hard couple months. A few weeks ago, the Lord gave a dream and a vision to two separate people about this church. And in that same week, both of those people came up to me and shared it. And it was the same thing. Ryan shared it with the deacons, I think, a, a few weeks ago. That this building could not hold the people. That we had to put a tent out in the field because so many people were coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Friend, I was reminded of that this morning as I was driving in, as I was praying over this message. I was reminded of that. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said that we as believers have to get back to the basics. That we have got to stop complaining. And we have to walk in forgiveness. That we will be a house that will open up and bring healing to others. In order for us to see what God wants to do in this church, friends, hear me. We, we're not going to be perfect, but we have to walk in the principles that he has laid out in his scripture. I want to be a church that sees the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ happening not just in the lives out there, but the lives in here. I want to see our children and our youth on fire for Jesus. I want to see your friends and your family on fire for the Lord. But in order for us to see that, we have to be the light. We have to be the ones that share the love and light of Jesus. And we can't do it if we have unforgiveness. We can't do it if we're bitter. 
We can't do it if we're critical. Right now, where you're at, lift your hands before the Lord. Both hands outstretched and up and be a receiver of what he wants to pour out on us today. Heavenly Father, we ask you and we plead with you to forgive us for holding on to offense and bitterness and unforgiveness. Forgive us, Lord, for being critical. Forgive us, Lord, for speaking ill things about people, even in this church. Forgive us today, Lord, and instead set us on fire. Set us on fire today that we will be a light in a dark place, that this building will not hold the souls that you have to bring in, but instead, Lord, that we would be a city on a hill that Lord you would use this church to reach the lost the addicts Lord the young the older generation everyone in between every race that Lord God you would use us use us Lord and forgive us forgive us oh we thank you Lord that you turn graves into gardens oh church in this song that we're about to sing as we're i want you guys to worship in this song but there was a line this morning that says he makes bones into armies and wherever that dry place those dry bones that are inside of you i know there's some inside of me i want those dry bones to be breathed on so i can be a part of the last day's army that goes into this community and reaches the lost for jesus amen he is worthy of our praise this morning. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.